I'm Bill. I'm T-Dog. And this is Two Films, Two films too curious. curious. Where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Yes. <clears throat> so, this month, as you know, is the month of Easter. We are many days away from Easter at this point. So, some might say, hey, that's late. But it's not. We never mm-hmm. said we were going to come out on Easter. We just said it's going to be the same month as Easter. We were busy doing Easter things. Right. These two very non-religious people were out doing Easter things. Actually, no, I had peeps. I was going to say, did I even eat peeps this year? But I had some peeps. I had the cotton candy ones. Those were really good. They did. Oh, they did. They were good. They're just like a fancy, like you know the how the bold pack of Crayola markers is like a like a like a fancier blue and a fancier purple and a fancier green. Yeah, like it was periwinkle like blue and shit like right, that. Yeah, it was like a, it was just a fancier peep. It still tastes like peeps. I didn't I mean, try the hot tamales one, but they're like three cents at my Kroger still. So wow, cinnamon flavored and all that, but oh well. I should say sugar is sugar, so cotton candy and peeps are already kind of the same thing, right? Speaking of, I had that pot and cotton candy popcorn. Not great. Oh, it's all right. Oh, okay. It, I can see that. It said on the box like a sweet and salty treat, and neither of those flavors are strong enough. Uh, like it really should be more of both. Or at the very least, more, more of, one. of one of them. Yeah. But we ain't got, yeah, they didn't do nothing. It was, it was a bummer is what it was. Anyways, uh, did you do anything for Easter? No. What happened on Easter? Did, where, where was I on Easter Sunday? I don't even recall. Oh, I know where I was. I had uh, deviled eggs, like a like a southern style deviled eggs, like a Tex-Mex deviled egg. It had a it had avocado in it and a little bit of uh, jalapenos. It was nice and spicy. It had a little zest. Hmm. That's what I did for Easter. So <clears throat> for Easter, though, we watched uh, for Easter and Passover. I guess I shouldn't be out here saying that one of that they're both Easter movies. Yeah. We watched. Yeah. Uh, the Prince of Egypt and Ben Hur. Now I know you're all wondering, hey, which Ben Hur did you watch? And it's the one you think. It's not the old one that's the silent film, and it's not the new one with Morgan Freeman. It's the one that's actually Ben Hur. We're not it's out here being fifty something, yeah. right? Yeah, people are like, no, yeah, we're not saying, hey, which Maltese Falcon did you watch? You watched the first one? No, we watched the real Ben Hur. And uh, I think our, our ultimately our discussion is a little bit over the idea of a biblical epic in film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it's, uh, it's our theme this year. Right. One's yeah, animated, it is. one's live action. I have a, I mean, I think that this will be the question that we have for all of them, that it'll be this, is Prince of Egypt better for being animated? Is Ben-Hur better for being live action? Uh, but I think that, I think that this one, this one is interesting because with very little, you could have done either of either. You could have done either movie in mm-hmm. live action or animated, but I think that they made some nice choices in the medium they chose. So anyways, uh, <clears throat> do you want to tell us a little bit about Prince of Egypt? I do. So <clears throat> it starts off. The Pharaoh is like, I got all these Hebrew slaves. I'm worried that they're getting a little uh, feisty. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill all their newborn sons because then, you know, there's less, there's fewer of them. So that'll make everything okay. Um, Moses, mom sends him down a river. Wow. What a trope, right? 
right? And a little kid in the basket down a river. Yeah. <laughs> Almost biblical in its ancientness. Uh, the Pharaoh's wife finds little baby Moses and adopts him. Cut to the future. No, not the future. I guess a little bit ahead of time. Right. Uh, Moses and Ramses, are, they both fuck up a temple. They're doing a little chariot race, uh, singing some words, mess everything up. Moses runs into his biological siblings. Uh, and at first he doesn't recognize them, but then his sister sings the little lullaby that his mom sang when she sent him down the river. And then it like triggers all of his memories. And then the Pharaoh confirms, he's like, yeah, I did it. So what? <laughs> what you got to do about it? The next day, Moses uh, tries to stop an elderly Hebrew slave from being whipped and he accidentally kills the guard accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> and then he exiles himself in the desert. Ramses is like, no, stay. He's like, no, nah, I can't. I gotta, I gotta, he becomes gotta. a shepherd. He falls in love with Zipporah, uh, marries her. He discovers a burning bush, and God's like, go free my peeps. So he levels up Moses' shepherding staff. Now I can cast spells and do cool shit like that. Right. Uh, but, of course, the God the spells. He's a cleric. He's not a... Yeah, he's right. a cleric. He's not a he's not a wizard. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing. So uh, this is very important as to the way that we're discussing the podcast here, I'm certain. Uh, <laughs> but in some of the new stuff, you can be a warlock of a celestial entity. You can be a warlock of an angel or some other divine thing. Is Moses a cleric? Or is Moses a, a warlock. warlock of God? <laughs> because he doesn't have the the literature training to be a cleric he doesn't have the intelligence he doesn't have the book right. learning like you might imply a cleric would be, because i mean you know as he does his things of course at the end he gets the ten commandments then someone can be a cleric because they have mm -hmm. a, a text so maybe he is a warlock he multi-classes yeah that's super He's... important i'm glad that we clear that up <laughs> um so Moses shows back up in Egypt, and Ramses is like, hey, this is awesome. You're my brother. I love you. And then he's like, hey, let my people go. And then he transforms his snake into a – or staff into a snake. Two fucky guys try to, re, like, recreate the miracle. Uh, but Steve Moses Martin is, and Martin Short. Do you know them? Yeah. But Moses' snake eats theirs. Ramses is like, well, I guess I'll work the slaves even harder then. Moses starts casting the ten plagues of Egypt. It's a pretty high-level yeah. spell. Yeah, it's a he ritual cast. Up. You gotta do it. You, you gotta sit there and do it. He leveled up fast. Uh, Ramses doesn't care when all this happens, and they sing a really dope song together. I think the best song in the movie. Uh, the tenth plague happens, but all the Hebrew children survive because their parents got really into metal music, and they sacrificed lambs and they rubbed their blood on their door frames. And then Ramses is finally like, because his son has died now, all the Egyptian firstborn sons have died. He's like, fine, y'all can leave. Moses is really sad, but he did, but he had to do it. They get to the Red Sea, and then Sam Ramses is like, psych, kill him. <laughs> then the big thing happens. He's, he parts the sea. They get across. He closes it on the Egyptian soldiers. Ramses survives, and then Moses goes, and he gets the Ten Commandments. There you That's go. The movie. That's Ben-Hur. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <clears throat> I... Uh... Oh, I, th I think that your your summarization of the movie had less singing than the movie did. Yes. But yeah, that's it. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Ben-Hur. 
I took notes on this because uh, I don't know if you guys know this. It's a really fucking long movie. It is. I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Uh, but I forgot just how egregiously long it was. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this and then another movie on Friday. And I did not watch another movie because Ben Hur finished. And I'm like, well, I got, I got shit I got to do today. Like, eat. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> Ben Hur starts with an overture. And that's like 20 minutes long. It's not that long, but it's pretty fucking long. <clears throat> and then... Uh, Baby Jesus is born. It's Christmas Day. The wise men come, which, if I recall, and it's not like I'm no cleric, but if I recall, the wise men showed up later. They were not there, Eldia. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think it was just the shepherds that were there on the day, and the wise men showed up later. But that could be wrong. Anyways, wise men show up. Baby Jesus is born. Wise men are there. Jump a little bit further. Baby Jesus is older, and uh, this guy goes to see Joseph, and he's like, hey, has your son finished my table yet? And he said uh, he, he said he went out into the desert and is uh, going about his father's work. And he was like, well, why does he finish this table? And he's like, different father. <clears throat> a little bit later, uh, a new tribune comes to Nazareth. It's a man named Masala, a Roman friend of our hero, Judah Ben-Hur. They're like, damn, we buddies. And Masala's like, hey, buddy, I know you're Jewish. Help me squash this Jewish uprising. And Ben Hur's like, no, man, I don't be like that because I'm Jewish. And Masala's like, if you're not with me, you're against me. And Ben Hur goes, bet. Uh, ben Hur's I'll slave... do what I must. Right. Then a big fucking but... lightsaber fight. <laughs> <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolutes, Masala. <laughs> Uh, one of Ben-Hur's slaves named Esther is like, can I get married? And he was like, to me, <laughs> LOL, JK, but really, no, I'm kidding. Unless, and <laughs> she's like, no, I'm going to go get married to this other guy. And he's like, okay. Uh, and then an important Roman uh, guy shows up and to the town and he's talking to Masala and he's like, don't these guys want to meet me? And Masala's like, uh, no, but they won't be like angry, angry. Uh, Ben-Hur and his sister and his mom are up on their roof. They're watching the parade and Ben-Hur's sister accidentally loosens some tiles from the roof that fall onto this new Roman governor, almost kill him. Uh, everybody's looking up. They're like, oh, they're up there. And Ben-Hur is like, hey, no, don't. It's not. It was me. Don't do that. Don't don't arrest my family. Uh, and Judah Ben-Hur, a thousand years dungeon of a ship. No trial. He did, just sent him off. He's like, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> Masala is like, see, this is a power grab. Fuck you. And uh, Ben-Hur is like, uh, may God, he says, may God grant me vengeance. I pray you live till I return. I thought that was pretty badass. It, it Later on, badass right? Later on, Esther's dad shows up and he's like, come on, dude. Judah would never. And Masala's like, jail for you too. Y'all fucking want to go to jail? I'll send you all <laughs> to jail. <clears throat> uh, they're being marched. Ben-Hur and the rest of the people that are in jail are being marched, uh, presumably to the sea, so that they can go on boat jail. And uh, Ben-Hur's not giving any water. They stop for some water, and they're like, don't give that asshole any water. And he's really fucking thirsty because they're in the desert. Uh, and he's like, God help me. And who would show up but God himself? Uh, Jesus is there, and he gives Ben-Hur some water. And the Roman guard's like, what the fuck did I say? And Jesus just stands up and looks at the guard. And the guard's like, hey, fuck, man. I was just playing. <laughs> uh, Ben-Hur's been on the boat for three years now. We jump ahead a little bit. A new commander comes in, and he's like, hey, I see you. Like, why are you doing, like... You're a hard you, you worker. Gotta, yeah, you're a hard worker. And he's like, uh, it's because I hate everything. And he's like, hey, keeps a man alive. Uh, the new captain tests their speed and, like, 
he's like, I'm going to see how hard these people can work. And Ben-Hur's like, fuck you, I'll work hard. <clears throat> Later on, the captain is like, hey, Ben-Hur, come see me. And like the captain's asleep when Ben-Hur gets there. And then he wakes up and he's like, you could have killed me. He's like, uh-uh, I ain't about to break out that way. I, I need to get home to kill that asshole. I'm not going to kill assholes here. <laughs> Uh, and the captain's like, hey, Ben-Hur, want to be a gladiator? And he's like, uh, no, I'm just going to break out of here. Later on, enemy fleet shows up. They chain the slaves to the oars, but not Ben-Hur. Like they, it's not like they forgot him. They pointedly did not chain him to the oars. And they're like, hey, how come they didn't do that? One of the slaves is like, once before, a man helped me. I didn't know why then either. <clears throat> the ship gets rammed. Ben-Hur, like, it, it's crashed. And so Ben-Hur, like, takes the keys off of a dead Roman and unlocks everybody, gets them all out. Uh, then he sees like he, the captain is knocked out and he, he takes the captain and he gets on a, like a piece of wood and they're uh, they're there. And the captain like looks at everything. And he's like, Oh fuck, I'm disgraced. And he tries to kill himself. And Ben-Hur's like, Nope, not going to happen. Romans come and pick him up. And the captain's like, Ugh, it's the Romans. I'm so ashamed. And Ben-Hur's like, Ugh, it's the Romans. I'm going back to jail. <laughs> but the battle was a victory. And, uh, the captain's like, thanks BH. You're my homie now, Ben-Hur. And Caesar, they go to see Caesar, and Caesar's like, well, he's yours now. You can do what you want. He's your slave now. Uh, we jump ahead a little bit further. Ben-Hur's been doing chariot races for the captain. And then he's like, hey, everybody, I'm going to throw this party. Remember how I used to have a son and he's dead now? It's okay. Ben-Hur will be my new son. And Ben-Hur's like, thanks, Daddy. Can I go home now? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <clears throat> On Ben-Hur's way home. Uh, he's laying there and who should show up, but one of the wise men. And he's like, Hey, are you Jesus? And Ben-Hur's like, <laughs> Nope. Uh, and then they introduce him to another chariot, like a guy who owns chariot, uh, horses and chariots and stuff. And he was like, Hey, do you want to race for me? He's like, I can't race for you. I got to go kill Masala. And he's like, why don't you come with me and then race Masala? And Ben-Hur's like, okay. He gets home and his home's all fucked up. It's just weeds and shit. Uh, and Esther's there, and she's like, we've been hiding her. And Ben-Hur's like, so you didn't get married then? <laughs> Just couldn't resist me, right? <laughs> uh, and Esther's like, I don't know where your family is, though. Uh, and he's like, they must be dead. Who could last that long in jail? And Ben-Hur's like, I don't know. Who could last that long in boat prison? <laughs> uh, Ben-Hur and Esther are like, well, we guess we can get married now. Uh, let's see. And then, oh, he goes to Masala, and he's like, uh, "Where am I? where's my family? And Masala's like, they're here. All, like, I know it. And then Ben-Hur leaves and he's like, are they here? Do we know it? And the guy's like, this jailer, he knows. And so they go down there and uh, they were like, oh, wait, I forgot. Before that happens, uh, they were like, uh, someone goes to Masala and they're like, Arius' son is here. And he's like, oh, I've heard about this guy. He's a good racer. I wonder who he is. And then Ben-Hur shows up. He's like, it's me, asshole. And then uh, he's like, then he's like, hey, bring me my mom and my sister and we'll be chill. And then that's when Masala's like, all right, I gotta go find this shit out. And then it turns out that they're leopards now. And uh, they sent them, they're, they're like, we need to get them out of here if they're leopards. And so they, they they cast them out of their prison cell and then just burn out the cell so they can get all the, the germs out of it. And Ben-Hur's mom and sister are like, we got to go live with the other furries. Don't tell Ben-Hur. Uh, and Esther's like, oh, because they, they tell that to Esther. And then when Ben-Hur's like, where's my family? And it's just like, I saw them, but they're dead. Might as well go back to Rome. He was like, nope, got to kill Masala. So they're going to race it out. Then they do this scene that's just like in uh, Star Wars 1 where like all the robots come out and they got their flags. It's so cool. Uh, 
Masala has spikes on his wheel like a real bastard. And uh, he's like fucking people up. Yep, just like Sebulba. Sebulba flashed him with his vents. Masala slashed him with his spikes. <laughs> so there, he's, he's fucked up a bunch of chariots at this point. Uh, he's, his wheels get locked up with Ben-Hur. And then Masala goes and then his wheels get ripped off and Ben-Hur's wheels are fine. And then, man, these horses just stomp the shit out of Masala. Uh, and then, so after the race, Ben-Hur wins, obviously, because he's our hero. And he shows up. Uh, and Masala is dying, and Ben-Hur was like, wow, this is a hollow victory. Uh, and Masala's like, also, your family is alive, but they're leopards now. And Ben-Hur is like, why are they in the Valley of the Leopards? Do you think they want to pet the leopards? And he's like, no, they're fucking leopards. Are and, there uh, leopards there? Who, who's to say? <laughs> I mean, when you get leopard C, sometimes your, your, your nerves off. don't... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Ben-Hur goes to the Valley of the Leopards and he's like, I'm looking for my family. They're uh, two women of the of the house of her. And the man says, there are no names here, only personas. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he ends up finding them because Esther's there and she's like, don't tell your family that you're here. Like, they don't want to see you. And he's like, I got to fucking see him. And he goes to see him. And Esther's like, we need to take him to hear this guy that I've been hearing talk. He's so great. Uh, and Balthazar is there, and he's like, "I found Jesus. It's this guy that you're that Esther's talking about." Uh, and he was like, "I don't care. Like, I gotta like, I'm just so angry. I realized Masala didn't kill my family. Rome did, and I'm just angry at Rome." And uh, so Esther's like, "You know what? Look, just grab your sister and your mom. Let's go and see him." And so they go to the town that they know Jesus is in. And wouldn't you know, he's on trial. And so they're like, well, that's fucked up. And they're watching him carry the cross. And Ben-Hur's like, wait, I know this guy. This is the water guy. This is the guy that gave me water. Jesus falls down with a cross. And Ben-Hur brings him water. And then, like, there's this really, there's a strong look of understanding. And then, they like, the guards kick Ben-Hur away. And they take they make Jesus go and to... Uh, is it cat, cat, Calvary, not cavalry. Cavalry is horses. Calvary is the, where the crosses were. Take him up there. <clears throat> and uh, as as they're going, Ben-Hur asks the guy, he's like, what has he done to merit this? And the guy says, he's taking the sins of the world as his. When Jesus dies, a storm falls over the land. Ben-Hur's family is cured of their furriness. Ben-Hur goes back home fucking bum because he didn't know that. And Esther's there. And so he's like, Esther, this was some shit. He said, I felt his voice take the sword out of my hand. Another badass line. And then Ben-Hur's family shows up and he sees them and they're all healed and he's like, fuck yeah. And that's the movie. Happy ending. Yeah. Except for... So there you go. I mean, I guess I guess it was a happy ending for Jesus too. It would happen... Ultimately, yeah. Three days later. To happen. Right. It was, yeah. I think that it's interesting that uh, we've now seen two passion stories uh, for this podcast, and neither of them were Passion of the Christ. Yeah. I've not seen that movie. Have you? I haven't. I know that we talked about how in that movie they wanted to, they spoke in Aramaic, but it's a dead oh. language, so they didn't they didn't because uh, oh, in Last Temptation of Christ, they were like, should we do an accent? And they're like, no, like. Anything we would do would be inaccurate anyway, so may as well just keep yep. our regular voices. Just talk. Which is why, yeah, which is why Judas sounds like he's a mobster because <laughs> that's just the way that Harvey Keitel sounds. 
So I think that it's interesting. Ben-Hur seems similar then that Judah yep. Ben-Hur, I mean, Charlton Heston didn't put in any accent on other than his regular American accent. He sounds exactly the same in this as he did in uh, Silent Green. So do you have any other notes to add about Ben-Hur? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. All right. You got some fun facts for us? I do. So Prince of Egypt fun facts. This, <clears throat> oh, oh, I was on the wrong side. The voice of God, to avoid controversy, was actually played by all the major actors. The actors were told to whisper the lines so that no voice would be dominant, but then they realized when they got around to Val Kilmer reading his lines that they needed a, one dominant voice that the others could kind of be behind. So he, they had him do theirs louder. So you can oh. kind of hear the rest of the cast whispering underneath, but it is Val Kilmer playing God for the most part. Um, <clears throat> the four-minute parting of the Red Sea sequence took ten animators two years to complete. Jeez, it's honestly it's the best sequence. I think I have that in my yeah. notes. That's so fucking cool. It's, it's certainly the most amazing part of the movie. Yeah, probably the most amazing part of of Moses's life, or one of of the lives of these these uh, people, just in general. Because that's pretty fucking cool to walk through. Yeah. A valley of ocean, of sea. Um, when Moses enters the cave with the burning bush, God tells him to take off his sandals, for he's in standing on holy ground. Mm-hmm. And then he never puts the sandals back on. He's bare for the rest of the movie. Huh. Which I didn't notice, but is a fun fact. Yeah, that makes sense. That's neat. Yeah, that sounds like something that I would watch again later on and be like, oh, that's cool. When, whenever you've abbreviated this as P-O-E, do you think like Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, I don't. I'd not abbreviated this one. But there was something like that the other day that I thought that's a different thing. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I mean, when I put in my notes that uh, Ben Hur's new dad called him BH because then it oh, looks yeah. like Yach. <laughs> I have thought that when I abbreviated, and then I saw this fun fact. <laughs> Since it was one of the most highly anticipated movies of 1998, it was sent to theaters under the title Edgar Allan. Hmm. To disguise the real title before the world premiere. Huh. Interesting. Because Poe, Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Um, Then the last thing, this is just like, you know, some kind of huge freaking nerd found this out while they were watching it. During parting of the Red Sea, many viewers thought that they saw a whale swim through a school of fish past the travelers. However, the creature moves its tail from side to side. So it is, in fact, not a whale. That means that it is a whale shark. Because oh. their tails go side to side. I got to say, I whales thought the go same up thing, and down. but it makes sense. Yeah. I feel like someone watched that and was like, that's not a fucking whale. <laughs> <laughs> that just, I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, the Ben-Hur fun facts were decidedly less fun, I've discovered. <laughs> it's just, with older movies, the trivia stuff tends to not be big things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this first one is very interesting, though. This is the only Hollywood film to make the Vatican-approved film list in the category of religion. Oh, interesting. That's super interesting. Probably because it doesn't show Jesus' face. Yeah. Um, the chariot race has a 263 to 1 cutting ratio, which means for every 263 feet of film that they filmed, they used one foot of it. Probably the highest for any 65 millimeter sequence ever filmed. (laughs) (laughs) 
And this one I told you about before, but it's it's just funny he, seeing these words in a modern context. That the production cost MGM a massive fifteen million dollars. <laughs> I saw that when you said that to me. I went to the the Wikipedia page for something unrelated. That's rounded up. It was fourteen point seven. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you adjust for inflation, it's it's one of the highest grossing movies ever. But right, but still. <laughs> just seeing that because then it ended up earning seventy five million, so it paid yeah. off for him really. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Stephen Boyd and several of the other actors playing Romans wore dark contact lenses so their eyes would be brown. Huh. Interesting. And then this last one is just the saddest, like. It's just statement of fact, like just like it is your birthday in the office. This right. trivia fact was there was no rap party after shooting Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not a very fun fact, but it, uh. it made me laugh because that's, like, that's just so like, <laughs> statement. And then that's it. Uh, my fun fact is one that you, I mean, you talked a little bit about, and I'm trying to find it again because I, I don't want to, I don't want what I'm saying to be bullshit. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's not because I, I think I remember reading this that you're that the reason why they don't show Jesus's face is because the movie was shot in Italy. Uh, and at the time, Italy had a law on the books that said that you couldn't make a movie or is it, let's see. Uh, oh, no, you couldn't make a movie with Jesus's face face if he was the main character or something like that like he had to be the main character in order to show right. his face and so yeah and so that's a part of the re i mean the guy said in the thing that in this wikipedia page that he had he had planned even before like as they were developing it that they that jesus wouldn't be like you'd never see his face but it's such a great like that that makes the movie, I think, that much more impactful. Even with some yep. of the clunkiness of like, a man from Nazareth spoke to me today. Like, we know, we know now who the Nazarene is. So yeah. it was a little, but it was really cool to see. Like, I liked that aspect of it. I mm-hmm. liked that Jesus was. You never saw his face. He never spoke. It was just sort of. I don't know. It was like it was the the exact opposite of last temptation of christ and ben Hur, jesus is is the embodiment of of an idea he's just the uh a a pure symbol of the divine Mm he he is he is the physical representation of the word jesus like he's not he's not a person he's not a character it's just he is emblematic and then in last temptation of christ it's only like it's it's exclusively his humanity. Yeah, I thought it was neat. I, I mean, that makes some of the scenes more powerful too. Like when oh, for sure, Jesus is staring at the garden. The guards like, oh man, what a, yeah, whatever. It's cool. I was just kidding. Like, yeah, because you can't see his expression, but you can just like imagine it. Right. Imagine what would what would it take for? I mean, the Romans were pretty pretty sure that they were in charge of the whole fucking world at that point. And what face would what face would a, a man have to make to make a Roman guard back off like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, I guess a great segue into similarities and differences because I thought it was, I mean, it makes sense based on what the, 
movies are and are about. But I, I thought, I mean, it's it's interesting how like Prince of Egypt is an adaptation of a biblical story. So Moses, the main character in the biblical story, is the main character in this movie mm-hmm. versus Ben Hur, which is an adaptation of a book written by a Civil War general. Where it's all it's it's almost like the Forrest Gump of the Bible, where Ben Hur is sort of occasionally crossing paths with mm-hmm. the actual main story. Yeah, I have one of my differences is that I mean, Prince of Egypt is strictly Old Testament. Yeah, and that Ben Hur is basically all New Testament. Yeah. I feel like no. I was gonna say I feel like there are new, more New Testament movies than there are Old Testament movies, and that's true. But it's not it's not none Old Testament movies. There's like a billion yep. Noahs, so yeah, Noah and Jonah, and I'm certain there's more. I mean, Ten Commandments and things like that. Yeah, Moses is prominent. Yeah, that's the thing too. I think that Ben Hur is coming off of a time period where there were just a lot of. I mean it. It's the phrase what's sword and sandal movie. There's a lot of movies about this time period. And a lot of them are biblical epics between this and greatest story ever told and 10 commandments. You've got all of these just, just large scale pictures. Even, I mean, it's not a biblical epic, but things like Spartacus where it's just, it's, it's all huge landscapes and it's all these huge visuals and, I just can't imagine the amount of sets that they're making. I was listening to this, another podcast called um, Unspooled, and they were talking, at least I mean, in that one, they were talking about, uh, oh, what's his name? D.W. Griffith, but not not uh, Birth of a Nation, the other one that he did, the other big one. And they're talking about like the just the obscene amount of money for the time period that they're putting into making these sets mm-hmm. so that they can look right. Uh, and I mean, I guess we'll talk about it later too, but that's, that's probably the, the most convenient part about Prince of Egypt being animated that they didn't have to make all of these sets or make them green screen or anything like that. I, some of the shit that Ben Hur did, like it's insane to think of how much time and effort went into building like the chariot arena, you know, yeah. <laughs> which they built to, build that and was built done. to right. scale because they I mean, that was the technique back then. We don't have the, whatever they call that room that they film 90% of the Mandalorian in because right. it's all such good high definition screens with parallax movement and everything else that they can film it in this one room. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just that the older way is interesting. Here's another interesting difference. I think that and I don't know if I have it fully formed yet. Like I was thinking about this idea as I was watching Prince of Egypt. And then again, as I was watching Ben-Hur, I feel like Prince of Egypt is about telling truth, about knowing truth. Prince of Egypt is about Moses realizing that what was hap- that, that he was Jewish, realizing that what they're doing to the Jewish people is bad, mm-hmm. uh, helping to get other people to understand that this is bad. And Ben-Hur is less about truth. Like, it's already established that Ben-Hur knows he's Jewish and that what the Romans are doing to the Jews is bad. But Ben-Hur seems to be more about belief. The belief that there's something that he can do, I guess, is his mm-hmm. increasing belief in 
the divinity of Jesus and things like that. And I don't know, I don't know if I would say that Ben-Hur is about belief necessarily, I guess, if I watch it by itself. But I think when compared to Prince of Egypt, I think it's interesting that I don't think that the Prince of Egypt is not about learning about belief or learning to believe. All of these people firmly believe. And the ones that don't believe in something entirely different and are not going to be motivated to change their beliefs. You know, when God talks to Moses, Moses isn't like, "Mm, I don't know if I believe that. It immediately goes back to Egypt and is like, let my people go. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. I think that, Moses, I mean, not that this is, again, like a a huge gulf, but I feel like there's a lot more large-scale miraculous things in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. And so because of that, when Moses is presented with a bush that's on fire but not burning out and the voice of God comes through it, he's not like, you know what? I don't know what this is, but science probably has an explanation. No, this is the divine. (laughs) Yeah. And then in Ben-Hur, ben, Judah Ben-Hur doesn't see, he has already been, he has already decided to believe before he sees the effects of any of the miracles. Mm-hmm. When he comes home to Esther and says, his voice took the sword out of my hand, he has already decided to stop being angry, stop being vengeful. And then his mom and his sister come home and he was like, wow. You know? So I thought that was interesting. There's a lot more singing. That, oh, Prince man, that was, when, that was my next <laughs> difference. The Prince of Egypt has decidedly more singing going on. Both have chariot racing, though. True. So there's that. <laughs> and, oh, no, I was saying, and people die in both chariot races, but I don't think anybody dies in the Prince of Egypt chariot race. Uh, I guess not on screen, at least. Who no. knows in the background someone might have died? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, (laughs) I, I just took some sort of small notes and, uh, I thought it was funny when after Pharaoh and Prince of Egypt choose out Ramses for chariot racing and Mm -hmm. not Moses and they go and Moses like, Hey Ramses, it's okay. Like, it's fine. We're good. We're good people. And we know it. And then he like dumps a whole bunch of like, uh, wine onto the high priests <laughs> and then they dumped more wine onto the high priests. <laughs> the Steve Martin one is like, ah, no, my new thing. <laughs> and it sounds like a Steve Martin ad lib. He's like, oh, they, oh, they ruined it. This, uh, this thing that I've got. <laughs> because he's just recording and he doesn't like, right. have props on. He doesn't know what it's called. <laughs> right. I love it. A uh, similarly, uh, impactful line that made me write it down but not funny uh is when moses first go back to ramses and he's like you need to let my people go but before he says that ramses is like oh no no maybe this is before he this is before he left and ramses anyways ramses moses like i'm a criminal and ramses is like no you're not i say what you are and moses is like what you say doesn't matter and that's more, that's yet another thing about the truth that Ramses is like, I can, it doesn't matter what the truth is. What I say is what is people the will law do. Because I'm right. the, well, at that point, not he's going to be the Pharaoh. Right. 
And I thought that that was interesting too, because it, it has, it perpetuates this idea that truth, truth exists outside of what is spoken or said, or even understood sometimes truth is different than that. I thought that was interesting. Incidentally, Ben Hur capitalizes on all of that when uh, he becomes that Greek dude or that Roman dude's son. Yep. And he's like, shit, I got all this money now. I'm going to go fuck up Masala. <laughs> Do you have Here's any other? Uh, yeah. Tell it. One is animated. <laughs> really? <laughs> One is live action. Are you sh- are are you sure? Well, I mean, which one's animated? Ben Hur. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. I want. I just. I wanted to make sure you knew it. That's what I knew. <laughs> they had a really high uh, production value on there. I mean, it looks like real life. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. I guess before we talk about that, let's talk about. Uh, apart from the fact that it's amazing, just giants of Broadway that made this an amazing musical. What do you think the musical nature of Prince of Egypt did for that movie? What about, what about the music made that movie as good as it is? Like, would you have, would, would this movie have been as popular if it wasn't a musical? I don't think so. I think that by the time we're in 98, when this movie came out, Mm -hmm. at least like when I was growing up, I never watched like classic musicals. Yeah. My family was just not the people that would ever watch those kinds of things Yeah. to where like in my brain, musicals was associated with cartoons, specifically with Disney movies, because all the 90s animated Disney movies have songs that they sing, even if yeah. they aren't strictly musicals. Um, to where this movie would feel different and wrong to me if it didn't have that, I don't think. I think that yeah. the singing lets you make, lets you slim things down like instead of going through all of the 10 plagues, let's have a song that goes through all 12. Then we, we looking at five minutes instead of, you know, 30 minutes right. of people's reaction to it and the exposition about it. And right. I think it helps make things more concise when you're able to just sing about them. Um, and like you said, they having all the Broadway giants do music and sing. And I mean, really just made it, yeah. As good as it could be. Let's see. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember now. I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, I thought it was interesting that... Uh, oh, did you, have you ever seen Joseph King of Dreams? I don't think so. So it's a direct-to-video prequel slash spinoff. It's about Joseph oh. and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, right? And I don't, I'd never seen it, but it, I don't know what about, apart from the fact that it was direct to video, like, I feel like there was something, there was something quite magical about this one that made it different, better. I don't know. Did you know that it won an Oscar for the, for the song, When You Believe? Oh. Best original song. Uh... Let's talk about... It won Best Picture, didn't it? Did, no. Uh, there have only been two animated movies. Or Best Animated best Feature. Okay. Did it win Best Animated Feature? Let's see. Where I remember... The awards? I feel like I saw a fun fact that was like, it was the last non-Disney movie to win 
or like one at least at, at a certain by a certain point in time. It, it was nominated for best animated feature. What was it? Won best original song and best original musical or comedy, or it was nominated for best original musical or comedy score. Seventy first Academy Awards took place in nineteen ninety nine. Let's see, best. I'm curious what one animated that year. Oh, you know what? Uh, I don't know if is this. Oh, it didn't exist. Then. Had? Yeah, this is, this is before we had that award. I think. Let's see. I think this is before we had that award. Oh. Because the first one to win was uh, like Shrek or something. Let's see. First animated, yeah, 2001. And this movie came out in 1999. Shrek was the first movie to win Best Animated Feature. Which, deservant, but uh, it means that it beat Jimmy Neutron and Monsters, Inc. Anyways. That's a discussion Uh, for a different day. Right, when we decide to watch, uh, do a three films, two curious, where we watch Shrek, Jimmy Neutron, and uh, Monsters, Inc. We already have an idea for Monsters, Inc. That'll come up later. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, so, as is the topic for this month, let's talk about animated versus live action. What about these movies makes it better for being animated, and would they be better if they were the other one? I think, I was as I was watching... Prince of Egypt, because I've seen Ben-Hur many times. And so I watched Prince of Egypt first because I've only seen it once. And it was a while ago. And there were so many scenes that I was like, you could have done this live action. It would have been really hard, but you could have done it. And it wasn't until I think we got to the part where Moses has the dream where he's looking like he, his dream is the like the hieroglyphs and the murals and the animation style changes a little bit. It would have been it would have been far less impactful if that was live yeah. action. I just think putting that, like a filter on something to make it a dream is right a lot less impactful than being able to just change the animation style. I mean, it's it's what we talked about with um, Watership Down as well that 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 animation difference between the story at the beginning and then the mm-hmm. actual story of Watership Down is so that switch is such a cool way to show that what you're doing is something different. Either it's yeah. a, a fable of the, the before times or it's a dream or something. And I think that, I think that, I mean, Prince of Egypt is beautiful. It's really great, especially for a uh, late nineties, early two thousands animated movie. I think that it's really well done, but I think that especially that scene, I think that a lot of other things that could have been live action, but that scene was very cool to have it animated in that switch like that. I agree. I, I feel like Prince of Egypt could have been live action, but I think it's better that it's animated for reasons think, like that. Yeah. And like I said, in my brain with musicals and cartoons from that era, it's a, there's, that's just a lot of crossover for me yeah. personally. I think that it also, I mean, especially that like, there's not a lot of there at that time and even still to some extent, but not as much. Uh, there's not a lot of, uh, live action kids musicals yeah you know and if you wanted to keep it a kids movie while animation is not a genre and it is not explicitly for kids uh we should probably have an adult animated film on here so not like an adult animated film (laughs) (laughs) like an animated movie with adults in mind we should do that sometime just so that we can talk about that difference too but anyways i think that I think that to try and keep it, I mean, also it's DreamWorks that did it and they don't do live action, but I think that, do they do live action? I don't think they do. 
anyways, I think that, yeah, the animated nature helps it be for kids still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, animation is not a genre, and it's not just for kids, but it does lend itself to, yeah. to kids. I think, apart from the fact that animation was very different in the 1950s, Yep. I think that Ben-Hur... So they talk about Ben-Hur in the Unspooled podcast as well. And they talk a lot about like, they're like, I don't know if this movie is good or if it's just beautiful. And I think that that is uh, outside of the scope of our podcast. Uh, except oh. to say that they're right. It's fucking gorgeous. And I think that it being live action is so important for how just amazingly beautiful it is. Yeah, it wouldn't be as the same way certain things in Prince of Egypt wouldn't have been as impactful. Yeah. If Ben-Hur were animated, a lot of the scenes wouldn't have been as impactful again. Right. It's so powerful to see these boats crash into each other. It's so powerful to see just the severity of the chariot race. Mm -hmm. It's so uh, just like as he's walking through the area where the lepers are, like, it's just, it's so, even for a movie that like, you can tell that these costumes are not authentic. <laughs> it's still so visceral. Yeah. I get, I don't know. I just, you feel like you feel the, the hugeness of these spaces. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really like, I really like Ben-Hur. I didn't get to watch it this Easter. It's one I usually watch on Easter. Cause I like, I mean, we talked about this when we talked about movies for holidays a couple of couple of months ago. It's one of my favorite. I like watching a movie for the holiday on that holiday, and it's my favorite one to watch for Easter. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> this is a, a a good time to talk about this. I know that this is your first time seeing Ben Hur. Uh, we talked mm -hmm. about it a little bit, but what are your what are your thoughts about this movie? And would you say you've seen similar movies? Hmm. Or what I would you describe as a similar movie? I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I'll yeah. just say that. <laughs> I did think parts were very boring and slow. Sure. But sure. I mean, it was always, like you said, a spectacle watching, like, just right. the scenes and the sets. And, I mean, the acting was really good, too. It was just, sometimes it was just slow. And yeah. I have nothing against that. Some of my favorite movies have some very slow, slow parts in them. And I think um, that it, I mean, it does something for it, too, that I feel like, Lawrence of Arabia is similarly long and mm -hmm. slow and the the some of the tedium of it is important to it. Like uh yeah. what's that one we watched? The oil one. There will be blood. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I mean it doesn't remind me of that in in that way, although I think I like Ben Hur more. Yeah. Than There Will Be Blood. Same, I think. But I don't know if I know if I can think of any other I mean, mostly just other slow epics. <laughs> it's it feels like, and I like I'm not out here, I'm not out here reading books about movies a lot, which I probably should. Um, and so because of that, I'm not necessarily able to discuss the the nuanced differences between eras of things like this. Yeah. But it feels like that's not the kind of a movie we make anymore. You know. Yeah. If a movie's going to be long, it's not going to be this way still. Justice League Snyder Cut was 15 minutes longer than this, but it didn't feel the same kind of long. It felt long. It felt like four yeah. hours. 
but it didn't feel the same. You know, Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring, they're all, if you watch the extended ones, they're all about four hours. They're about the same length as this. Even that feels different. It does. Even if and, it is similarly epic. Right. It, I don't know. Yeah. what I need to watch. I, I watched it in school. I need to rewatch Spartacus. I have it here so I can rewatch it again. Um, but I feel like that would be, apart from the fact that it's also, I mean, it's also Greek and Roman antiquity. Um, I feel like it would. Horton Sandal. Right. Yeah. It feels similarly long. Lawrence of Arabia is about World War One, and it has that same feel. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's region specific too. I wonder if that. Oh, yeah. Egypt, Middle East. Regardless uh, of time period. Sea, right. Yeah. I wonder if that's. Because I can't really think of another. Maybe we should watch. Maybe we do need to watch Passion of the Christ. Although I don't know if that would. I don't know if that. I don't know if that would call it some biblical epic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is that makes it that way. Maybe it's an overture and intermission. <laughs> that's why it feels so similar. Intermissions to don't happen anymore. I mean, that's the they thing. Don't. Unless you're, I mean, if you're, unless you're seeing like an opera or a play or right. a musical in person, yeah, a movie doesn't have, movies don't Honestly, have that anymore. The fact that Justice League was broken up into books, it was like, book one book two i think there's like six little sections of it uh that was convenient for the idea of an intermission you could pause in between any of those books and go get you you know a soda or something yeah when alamo did their lord of the rings all three extended marathon the intermission was the credits for each one because it's already so long they couldn't be like (laughs) we're gonna pause it after the credit they're like if you need to go to the bathroom go during the credits because we're just playing the next one right after it's doing yeah well, we did we did it when we did our marathons. We had that we had that goofy those goofy videos, the silly mm-hmm. videos, and we just stopped the credits and put the silly videos on. And we're like, go get more ham, and then come sit down. <laughs> so, if you were if you were to pair either of these movies, you don't have to be we don't have to keep with the animated, not animated thing. If you were to pair either of these movies with something non biblical, what would you pair them with? I would probably want to pair them with something Shakespearean, I think, because okay. I I like that. I feel like there would be some interesting similarities that come out of that. But then, I mean, obviously, they'd be pretty different, too. Like, yeah. I'd almost want to do Prince of Egypt with, like, Lion King or something. Oh. I think I would want to do animated and animated. Yeah. But, I mean, cause it, because Lion King is Hamlet. Yeah. You know, honestly, I was thinking something similar for a different reason. I would think I was thinking it would be neat to pair Prince of Egypt with a similar. I get. I mean, Lion King's about five or six years older, but with yeah. a with a Disney movie to see like what is the difference between a DreamWorks mm-hmm. musical and a Disney musical. And DreamWorks, I mean, Prince of Egypt is animated one way, and Lion King is animated another. So yeah, no, I I think that I think that Lion King is a great pair for Prince of Egypt. I don't know what I would pair with Ben-Hur. I think it would be neat Mm -hmm. to see the three versions of Ben-Hur because they are three very different movies. Really? Just that, like, I mean, the first one is silent and the new one is very modern. Yeah. Just the the gulf of, like, we went from the 19-teens to the 1950s to 2017, 2018. When did did Ben-Hur, the new Ben-Hur come out? Sometime around there. So just, like, almost 50 years between each of these three movies is it would be interesting to see 
because I don't think at any point any of these movies were like, I mean, they were the Ben Hur from the 1950s was big and made it was cost a lot of money, but it wasn't, it wasn't some sort of like, it wasn't necessarily uh, innovative in the way that it yeah. did things. It was of its time. And so to see three movies, three, the same story, not even just adaptations of a story, which would be cool, but to see the same story told in three very different eras would be neat. I think it's not even like, like we could have watched the Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet and Romeo plus Juliet. That's definitely different. They didn't, they didn't do any modern updating of any of the, the closest they got to modern updating was casting a person of color in the role of a person of color (laughs) in the new Ben. So, but I think that, it would be, I think that that would be a neat thing to look at. I don't know if it would be something I would want to do for the podcast. Yeah. Also, it would take a whole fucking day. But I think that would be cool to see. Yeah, I would do, like I said, something Shakespearean, I think. And I think I would want to do something also of the time. not some, Something not like Romeo plus Juliet. It's yeah. like a very modern reinterpretation almost of it. But like yeah. something that is strictly like almost just the play <laughs> yeah with the props when, and everything else you could you could pair it with another hamlet when did the olivier hamlet come out let's see uh i don't want editions of hamlet i want hamlet in things influence performance history film and tv product performances hamlet on screen Lawrence olivier came out in 48 so it's not that far off timeline wise oh. you could do the olivier hamlet and that's supposed to be the the good one I mean, it's not, it's no Lion King, but yeah, you know what we should do if we ever decide to do another Shakespeare one, we should watch, we should watch one of the, the Kenneth Branagh ones, either Hamlet or Henry V. Not much to do about nothing. I mean, it's good, but we also already did much to do about nothing. Yeah. And I like Hamlet and Henry V both have these, I mean, they're dark and they're sad, but they're good. I, I like Hamlet, Macbeth for a similar reason. I'm very excited for the new Macbeth. With Francis McDormand, I think they're finally doing it again now that pandemic is easy. Oh, see. I still didn't uh, see the one that had um, Michael Fassbender. Although I do really want to yeah. see that one. That one came out a couple of years ago. Let's see. Yeah, I uh, in film, twenty first century. Oh yeah, that one came out yeah in 2015. I've not, I don't, I've not seen that one. Either. I've seen the trailer and I was really interested around that time when it had come out, but I still haven't seen it. Brand. I didn't get very good reviews, but I just like Michael Fassbender and yeah. it's a story that you can't really mess up. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe acting can be messed up, but I mean, it's your classic paranoia and revenge story. The Tragedy of Macbeth is an upcoming American black and white film written and directed by Joel Cohen based on the oh, tragedy of the, the same Cohen name brother of Shakespeare. Denzel Washington is Lord Macbeth. Francis McDormand is Lady Macbeth. Brendan Gleeson. That's a... Uh, Joffrey? No. No, that's a uh, Mad-Eye Moody from Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, Jackie Gleeson is Joffrey. And also the guy from... I knew it was Gleeson. <laughs> Uh, is King Duncan, 
I don't know a lot of these other names. Oh, never mind. Sean Patrick Thomas is not Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> Sean Patrick Thomas is in Barbershop. Sean Patrick Flannery is in Boondocks Saints. And Stephen Root is in it. Uh, Milton from Office Space. Anyways, I think that would be it. I'm, I'm excited about that, especially because I've never seen Hamlet. I mean, uh, Macbeth. I've never, I don't know anything about the story except that there's ghosts. And are there three and that's, witches? And that's very, that's very downplayed, those ghosts, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the whole, like, the cauldron bubble, all that, the yeah. witches. That's the very beginning of Macbeth, yeah. I like witches. I'm pro-witches. We should watch a witches movie. Yeah. Not for Halloween. We already got a plan for Halloween. Maybe next year's Halloween. Anyways, do you have any questions for me? Not really. I mean, we kind of already talked about what would we pair them with other things, which is usually my question anyway. True. And then we talked about why one should be animated and why one should be live action. Here's the thing that I don't know if we need an answer for now. Uh, What... I mean, I feel like most of the time we're going to be talking about these movies are good in the medium that they've been made. Mm -hmm. But maybe for next time we could think about movies that are bad for that medium. Like what is an animated movie that really should have been live action? And what is a live action movie that really should have been animated? I don't know if I have an answer for that yet, but that'll be something that'll be something for us and our listeners to mull over. I mean, next will be a special feature. So we could talk about it on that. We certainly can. If you, uh, I'll I'll post this on Facebook when it comes out and you can talk to us there or on Instagram. If you have our cell phone numbers, you can call us. I know that Tyler especially loves getting phone calls. (laughs) You can email us at the email address that neither of us checks. Wouldn't it be wild if we checked it and there was like something really cool in there? (laughs) King Diamond was like, hey, I really wish that you would respond to me. I know you want me for the Halloween episode. Anyways, uh, until then, uh, thank you guys for listening. Oh, what are we going to do next? What's our next? uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man is our next special feature. And uh, as some of you may know, uh, one half of two films, Too Curious, uh, will have a birthday in May. So we'll be doing a special birthday episode for that. Mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to change. So I think it's probably pretty safe to say that it's going to be the Lego movie and Page Master. Page Master is older and harder to find, but Lego movie should be available pretty much everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, that's one of the few movies I own. It's one of the few movies you own that I don't. So <laughs> I may just have to watch it digitally this time, which I did for both of these movies, even though I own Ben Hur. Anyways, uh, keep watching movies and uh, stay, stay curious. curious. And we love you. We love you.